This is the Education Business Podcast for consultants and business owners providing services in schools. I'm Claire Riley, and I'll be sharing how to start, grow, and scale your education business. Today, we're talking about one of the most relentless teacher habits that we can bring into business, the addiction to the to-do list. And yes, I'm using the word addiction. So I used to say that being a teacher had completely ruined me for doing anything relaxing on an evening. But the truth is, I already had the tendencies. The tendencies there to want to do more, to get bored, to have strong passions and want to work on those passions immediately. But teaching certainly helped me form and consolidate really bad habits. Um, when it came to being addicted to creating to-do lists and being obsessed with getting stuff done from them. I've got this mentality of more, more, more in terms of what I can achieve. And I have to live with that. So when I look back, I've always liked a to-do list, whether that be in my head or whether it's written down. And it's not even that I like structure that much. I don't really. I'm not a massive fan of huge structure. But I learned early in my adult life that if I wanted to get stuff done, I needed a way to be able to manage that to maximize my potential because I felt like I had a lot of potential to get things done, but I needed like a process and a system, which is a to-do list for me. Now, one of my favorite things in life, you might've heard me say before, is killing two birds with one stone. I just love the idea of it so much, like getting two things done at once. So... And, you know, to me, that feels really efficient and productive. And a to-do list helps me to do that because I can see where I need to group tasks. And if I can group tasks, I certainly will. So unfortunately, when it comes to the to-do list, we can easily create a fight within ourselves or a perpetuating cycle where we constantly put things on our to-do lists because we feel like it should be done. And who better to do those tasks than us because we're so efficient and we're so brilliant and because it's easier. But then we also have this addictive urge to complete what is on the list as well, or at least continually look at the list and then feel guilty for not completing it. I don't know if you can relate to this, but this is this is my life. <laughs> this is what I go through and struggle with quite a bit. And as with much of life and business, obviously, things run in cycles. Your addiction to your to-do list is no different. It runs in cycles. And I've recently found myself having to have a really good hard look at my to-do lists and my circumstances and compare them and then reset. Reset deadlines, reset priorities, reset my, you know, what's possible. Reset reality. What is possible? And it really did get to the point where there was just too much on my list and it was so hard to see anything. It was so hard to see the wood for the trees. So here I am. I've been an education entrepreneur for nine years and it still happens to me. So I feel like the first thing we should do is just accept that this is normal. This kind of thing is going to happen. It's a cycle. We can't avoid it. We just need to take the right action when it does happen and be able to recognize the signs. And sometimes we just know that something's got to give. Maybe you're not happy in your work or you feel overwhelmed. And I've definitely changed things up before when I felt like this, but I've also ignored it sometimes as well. And when I've ignored it, it's got worse and it's become a health issue. And that's exactly what happened a few weeks ago. You know, if you don't let your mind step in when it wants to, 
then your body will have no choice to show you that changes need to be made later down the line. So how do we actually keep a check on that to-do list that we can feel addicted to adding to and completing? Well, you probably already know about different models to structure your to-do list. And I often use the weekly next actions model. I quite like that. But some people use, you know, the important and urgent grid. And some of us have a massive list of everything and some of us have something different. And for me, it's not even about finding the right model that works for me as such. It's about finding the model that works for me right now. And that's because I'm someone who likes things um, that are new. I like to feel like things are new. So changing models helps me and it, it makes me feel like I'm moving forward towards what I want because I like something new. So one of the reasons that people like the important and urgent model, which I have used in the past, the grid, is that it really helps you see what's needed. But I think when you're in that place where you feel so overwhelmed by your to-do list, it's really not as simple as that because your brain has attached itself to all of these tasks that it wants to get done. It's not always easy to see what's really important and urgent. You know, that's why we've got all this stuff on the list in the first place. And it can be hard to identify exactly what it is that you don't need to do. It's hard to go through the to-do list and try and take things off, saying that they're not important or they're not urgent. It's, it's a really tricky thing to do. So what I find is that it's much easier to do this when you're feeling overwhelmed, which you might like to try. What I do is I scrap the current to-do list. Obviously, I keep it because I'm going to cross-reference it later and I'm going to go back to it. And then I print out a really quick weekly template. And mine has, uh, the one that I've used recently has three columns. One for tasks, which is a really wide column. One for big events and one for podcast episodes. Because the big events um, are important and the podcast episodes I publish. So the last two columns, they just help me plan the must-dos. Um, and your columns could be different. You know, you might not have a podcast. But it tells me what's going to happen that week and what I need to keep in mind. And then I start from scratch. I don't look at the to-do list because it's amazing when you're not looking at a huge list, what you actually put down that's important, what you actually put into each week. And I usually print out 12 weeks or more um, because I like to really think ahead, but you might need fewer, you might not need that much. And, you know, it's really interesting as well because that could be the problem if it's fewer for example you might be printing out three weeks and expecting to fit everything you've got on your list in three weeks and maybe you need to think more longer term in terms of what you want to achieve so this really helps me organize what's most pressing in my mind and I do write it in pencil by the way I'm always a fan of being flexible but I still do think before I write it you know is there too much in this week does this really need to be in this week? Is it essential that I do it this week? When is it really due? You know what? Am I just coming up with a random thing? Because this is the kind of thing I would do, right? I'm not launching Teach Growth Podcast until mid-June, but I'd probably put myself a deadline to finish writing episode eight by next week. Why would I, why am I doing that? Do I really do I really need to do it by then? This is a thing. And and it's more, oh well, I know the deadline's not on until I don't know end of May but I want to get it done next week so sometimes you've really got to fight between what you need to do and what you want to do so 
if you've got lots of meetings as well, it can be really helpful to just clear your diary and batch things together. So I've had to literally clear my diary and just start again. And it's been such a good thing to do because it's helped me reconnect with what I want out of my personal and my work life and what my version of success is. And a huge part of my version of success is having free time with no agenda to use as I feel that I want to in the moment. And that doesn't necessarily mean like having time off work. It's having free time to be able to decide there and then what work I'd actually like to complete, what I feel inspired to do, because I know that will be um, better for everybody, better in terms of the content that I create, but also it will be better for me in in terms of it will be quicker as well. So why should we make the effort then to keep a check on the to-do list, to give it a refresh and make sure it's not getting out of hand? Well, the answer is clarity. Clarity is key on driving your business forward and it helps you know that you're working on the right things like working on the business for example not just in the business. So this week I want you to take a moment to sit down with your to-do list to acknowledge your habits in feeling addicted to adding more and more to your list in order to deliver more value and see what clarity it brings you to be able to look at what you really need to do rather than what you said you should do. And if you're not part of my Facebook group, Education Businesses, it's called, then I'd love you to join us for further discussion on this topic and starting, growing and scaling your education business. Thank you for listening to the Education Business Podcast. To get more information to grow your business, sign up at educationbusinessclub.co.uk.